Welcome back, everyone, to Andy Here's the 80s, our best album of the 80s bracket for March Madness. I'm your host, Andy, joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Keck. How are you, Aaron? I am good. How are you? Doing well. We're digging in now to the second round of the late 80s side of the bracket. You can, of course, make all your picks for these matchups and the rest of them on our Twitter page, at Andy Hears It. You can see the full bracket and our deliberation process over on the blog at acton.wordpress.com, actn.wordpress.com, as well as links to that on the Twitter page as well. And listen to the first episode. We go over the kind of the whole thing there. If you're listening to the episode in the middle of round two for the first time, uh, that's weird, I think. Go back and listen to the start of it. <laughs> you have made poor life choices. <laughs> I appreciate Be it. Be gone from, from this episode. <laughs> Away with thee, Sirrah. Exactly. Those were. That's kind of what I was. What I was getting at is exactly. Yeah. No. I, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> <laughs> but without further ado, let's dig into the first matchup of the late '80s arena division. We have our number one seed, Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, up against the number eight seed, Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. And uh, Guns N' Roses, I think this one has a little bit of what we talked about with Thriller as well, where it's the huge, huge hits, but then every other song is kind of forgettable. Uh, so which way are you leaning here? Uh, ultimately, Guns N' Roses, because I would say the same thing about Tears for Fears. I had, I actually had NWA straight out of Compton going through, but that uh, that got knocked in the first round. So between these two albums, with a number of great singles on it, uh, surrounded by otherwise fine but lesser songs, I'm gonna go with the the album that has, I think, the the better collection of singles, and that's Guns N' Roses. I think for me, the the songs on songs from the big chair that aren't the singles are stronger to me than the uh, appetite songs. I think this for me, I was impressed when I went back and listened to songs from the big chair, how great an album flow it has and how the supporting tracks of it are so good at connecting kind of the singles together. So I don't know. For me, I think songs from the big chair is the stronger album than appetite. That is that is fine. I mean, I, I guess I'm not necessarily as as impressed with like the connecting thread in in albums all the time, but uh, mm-hmm. but I'm also willing to be convinced because I, I feel kind of the same way about both of these albums. And while I think Guns N' Roses is just sort of stronger overall, I really do like everybody. Everybody wants to rule the world, so I wouldn't wouldn't feel too bad about advancing Tears for Fears. Yeah, I think yeah, I think even the singles for me, like everybody wants to rule the world and uh, head over heels. I I would l- listen to those again before even some of the with maybe Sweet But Child of Mine being the exception. I think every other single on uh, Appetite I would listen to after Tears for Fears, which is a little bit of a surprise because I love kind of the hard rock sound that they have. But I don't know something about Tears for Fears that, like really won me over over the last year or so after we heard it that first time. All right, Tears for Fears it is. I think Tears for Fears. I would also pick NWA over Guns N' Roses. So if we pick Tears for Fears over NWA, then <laughs> transitive property. Right. All right. Well, our next matchup is another couple of heavy hitters here. We have in the second round, we have number 12 seed Sign of the Times from Prince up against number four U2's Joshua Tree two huge albums from these artists we, we said before how competitive this specific division is and i think this is a good example of that 
Yeah, like my my final four pick out of this bracket was Tracy Chapman, which I I willingly ceded to Public Enemy in the first round. So at this point, I have no strong preference either way. I'm going to go with U2 in this one uh, just because, again, we, we've talked about this. U2 is another – Joshua Tree is another album where the singles are great and the rest of the album is fine. In this case, very much like Thriller, I think those four first songs on the album are so good that they're going to transcend just about any other album that we've got in this bracket, even something like Sign of the Times, which is really good from start to finish, but you know, also also a, a double album and one that I don't think peaks as high as, as the, the opening four tracks of U2 do. Yeah, I think that's true too. I, I think the, the highs are a little bit higher on Joshua Tree. Uh, and sign of the times going back to it i think while i'm glad it wasn't a triple album i still think it could have probably (laughs) been pared down even slightly more yeah so yeah i think joshua tree advances over sign of the times as well all right up next we have the number six seed janet jackson's control up against public enemies nation of millions takes a nation of millions to hold us back at the number 14 seed I think I still, since I was the one who kind of advanced Public Enemy before, I think I still lean that way, even though I love Control a lot as well. I am fine with that. I I had Tracy Chapman coming out of here, so between Mm -hmm. Janet Jackson and Public Enemy, I don't have a strong opinion, but going back to to what we've said before in in context of just the importance of albums, Janet Jackson's Control is huge. Like It is such a powerful album it's influential it's such a it's got such a huge place in pop music history public enemy though is one of those albums that still manages to sound revolutionary today 30 plus years after it came out and that is a really rare thing to achieve so i think you got to give it to public enemy on this one yeah narrowly but nonetheless very narrowly yeah these are both albums that i think age incredibly well and i think yes one thing I saw someone say that I liked about uh, Control was that, uh, you know, in the, the 80s were a lot of a battle between Michael Jackson and Prince. And then when Janet Jackson went to make what was essentially her first album that she was in control of, she sided with the Prince camp over her brother. So, yeah, which is yeah. kind of saying something. But uh, I, and that's, so I an- that that's another decision it. that looks good today as well, right? Yeah. I know, because I mean that, like you said, the control was such a uh, revolution, not just for her, but for the entire. Like, I mean, it was one of the flagship albums for the New Jack Swing that was emerging around this time, and so to kind of cre- create a new branch of music with this album is kind of impressive. But also, Nation of Millions, like you said, it still could have come out today and sounded completely relevant and modern, and still still great so yeah in a, in a tough matchup i think yeah nation of millions squeaks it out just a little bit and of course Janet jackson would go on to do much bigger things than this even so no no right. skin lost there i don't think all right our final matchup in the late 80s arena division we have the number 10 seed the cures disintegration up against number two seed whitney houston's self-titled debut album what do you think about this one? 
This is tough for me. I'm going to go ahead and assume that you're probably on Team Cure, although I, I might end up being surprised there. Uh, I don't have a strong preference either way. I think both of these are really strong albums. I will say that we did uh, very narrowly ding Grace Jones in our last episode, and we've already very narrowly uh, taken out Janet Jackson in this episode. So we don't have a lot of non-dude representation in our Sweet 16 yet, so all else being equal, I'm going to go with Whitney Houston. I think that's probably fair. I'm looking ahead, too, at the club division and seeing if that's still the case. It is. It probably <laughs> is, yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a fight in a... We might have a small fight in a minute, but other than that... I think... Um, I guess that's fair. I do like... I mean, Disintegration is fantastic, and I think there's It is a, a really bit, good album, yeah. I think there's more depth to Disintegration than the Whitney Houston album. And like I said in the last time, I think all the duets on the Whitney Houston album are complete duds, and I don't like them at all. Yeah. But... But I mean, this is the thing with it's it's sort of a batting average thing with Whitney Houston, too, because, yes, all the duets are duds. But this is and this is another album where all the singles are great and the album tracks are meh. But there are nine songs on this album. Six of them are singles and three of them are album track duets. So like two out mm-hmm. of three is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I can I, I can advance Whitney Houston over the cure here. I I like that Cure album a lot, but I am not married to it like I'm some of the other ones on here. So Yeah, it's real close. So Whitney Houston advances over The Cure to the Sweet 16 round for the late 80s arena division. We move now to the late 80s club division where the number one seed, Surfer Rosa from the Pixies, faces the number eight seed, Slave to the Rhythm from Grace Jones. So are you, which way are you leaning here? Uh, narrowly Grace Jones, but I assume you're on Team Pixies, and I'm willing to 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 cede to you on this one. Yeah, I think I do narrowly prefer the Pixies. These are both really great, and I think Slave to the Rhythm is a very cool album, which we've gone on about in the Grace Jones episode. It's very difficult, I think, for an uh, an artist to make an album completely about themselves and not seem at all conceited, which she gets away <laughs> with here. Uh, and I think it's very, it's a cool concept, the way it kind of deconstructs the same song over and over and mm-hmm. makes it sound very different over the span of 30, 40 minutes. But at the same time, Surfer Rosa, it's one of my originals. It's one of the ones I've had for forever. So I do have more attachment to that one personally. All right. Pixies it is. All right. This is also why I kind of wanted to advance Whitney Houston a minute ago, because I kind of assumed that that was how that conversation was about to go. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's why I allowed it to, <laughs> or at least agreed with it. I don't want to say allowed, but all right. Up next, we have our number 12 seed, Sonic Youth, Daydream Nation, up against Ice-T's, Rhyme Pays, the number four seed. I'm, of course, leaning Sonic Youth. Do you think that the Ice-T album is better? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, so so I, I did go back at your at your urging, and then I listened to Daydream Nation again. Uh, I will reluctantly concede that Kissability is not a terrible song, and that is all I'm willing to give on this. You got to explain to me why 
you like this album so much. And like, speak for all of the Sonic Youth fans, because I know I'm in the minority. I know this has this reputation for being, oh my God, what a great. Like, when do you listen to this album? Like, do you want to feel happy, sad? Do you want to just <laughs> let loose? Are you jogging? Are you studying? Do you want to go to sleep? Are you like driving in the car on a road trip? Like, when is this appropriate music to listen to? Are you at a party and you want like, to put on music in the background like at no point do uh, can i think of any reason or circumstance or surrounding situation where i would be like yeah let's put on some sonic youth i want to hear noise rock this is exactly what i want to <laughs> listen to i think i would listen to it in pretty much all of the situations you described except for sleeping maybe but uh... <laughs> I think they, to me, I mean, maybe it's as someone who's always listening to a guitar first when I hear something, I think they do a lot of interesting things with the guitar sound. And every song is a very unique sound, which also then even evolves over the course of the song a lot of the times. I think these these are songs that start one way and end another way and oftentimes. I think they also have great control over melody within that noise. These are very noisy, loud songs that also manage to at least get stuck in my head occasionally. And I think that they have a lot of fun experimenting while also, to, to me at least, not seeming to take themselves too seriously, though I could see many argument that they do take themselves too seriously. But I don't know. For me, I, I think they have such a fun experimental streak that is willing to exist both in this art world and in this grungy rock underbelly that uh, I don't know. It, it's, it, it's a sound that I don't think anybody else has done as well as they have before or since. Yeah. And, and to me, the, the fact that they're talented musicians and actually sound like this on purpose deliberately is, is strike two, to be honest. <laughs> Like, man, you 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 actually intended to release this. <laughs> well, I'm right. glad you listened you, to you it. You put a your time, fingers on those frets at that time in that order and all right, go 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 to I, it, Kim. I I mean, I guess if if you don't listen to the beginning of Teenage Riot again and feel excited the way I do that nope. I guess there's not going to be any convincing but not uh, not even a little bit although although if you really if you really want to advance Sonic Youth over Ice-T which I think is very much the wrong decision that does set up a really interesting Kim versus Kim matchup in the Sweet uh -huh. 16 so <laughs> it does which which I think I mean personally as much as I like a couple of the songs in this Ice-T record I don't think it's a stronger album than uh, just about any of the other ones we have left. I think for me, it's the weakest one left in the second round. So I think I'm I'm more interested in that in that Sweet Sixteen matchup between Pixies and Sonic Youth than what will be a, a single sentence conversation in the if Ice T advances. And personally, I think all of the good albums that we have left are in the bottom half of this bracket. So I I also don't like the Pixies, but. Uh... Well, we can, I guess it's, it very well might be a single sentence discussion, regardless of which of these two advances uh, to the next <laughs> round. So that may I well find... be. All right. Or, okay. Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth. Okay. I guess. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll cash in at least one chip and say, this is as far as they go. How about that? Okay. That's, that's cool. I got two chips left. <laughs> All right. Up next we have.
the number six seed, XTC's Skylarking, up against the number three seed, REM's Life's Rich Pageant. Uh, which one are you thinking for this matchup? XTC is a real good, but this is REM for me all the way. Yeah, agreed. I think Skylarking's yeah. fantastic, but Life's Rich Pageant, I think, is... Uh, you know, I said it last round. It's one of my favorite REM albums from any any time period. So I think this one, yeah, this one takes it for me as well. I'm glad we spent all that time on Sonic Youth versus Ice T because that was fast. <laughs> yeah. Well, I knew I had to get some some of my thoughts in there at some point. I think this that's probably <laughs> the right place to do it. All right. The final matchup of the late 80s club division, we have the number 10 seed replacements, Please to Meet Me, up against number two seed, Tom Waits, Rain Dogs. Uh, both fantastic albums. Which one do you think advances? I am leaning towards the replacements. It's not an easy decision because Tom Waits is just incomparable. Like, you literally uh-huh. cannot compare Tom <laughs> Waits to anyone. But if I'm going back and listening to an album again, it's going to be the replacements. Yeah. Agreed. In fact, I have listened to it many more times than I have Rain Dogs. I <laughs> heard them not that long ago. So. All right, those are our picks for the second round of the late 80s side of the bracket. You can place your votes for the, all of these matchups and more at our Twitter page, at Andy Hears It. Don't forget to vote there. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends to do the same. And we will be back soon with the Sweet 16 round, where it's going to get a little exciting, I think. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you, Aaron, for joining me. Thank you. And we will see you next time.